My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. This has to be the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everybody. We are back again. It is Tuesday, and thank you for joining us. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. There is a lot going on, and I remind everyone that we are, in fact, winning again. Uh, quick preview, we do also have uh, Todd Wood, the uh, founder of CD Media. He's one that we've had on the show uh, a number of times, and he's a phenomenal guest and a good friend of ours. So he'll be on this evening. Uh, to discuss a number of things international as well as what's going on with the uh, you know with the currency with the economy um, and I'm sure some some updates from overseas uh, having uh, an extensive network over in Eastern Europe and in uh, some parts of the world that we're all very interested to hear uh, what's happening in but we do have uh, on the phone with me this morning we have our very own uh, Ash in America Ash App Ash are you there I'm here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, my pleasure. Uh, but we'll jump in. Also, um, for folks, as we talk about you know international news, domestic news, I want folks to go back and watch yesterday's morning show, which was LSD, because, like you said, there is so much going on, and uh, and people need to need to stay informed. Uh, if you're not following the news that we're putting out at conservative-daily.com, make sure that you're following that. And uh, there is just an overwhelming amount of stories for us to get into. Yeah, I mean, truly, it, uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, focus when you start your day because there's so many things to talk about and so many things happening. And I feel like sometimes we're discussing what we're going to talk about. And we just <laughs> we have to make impossible choices. Um, we do, we do, and we and we, uh, uh, you know, the the audience will be happy to know that all week long we're collecting stories for Fun Friday, and I, it's only Tuesday, and I think we could probably do three shows on Friday because as as horrifying as a lot of the news is, some of it's pretty darn funny as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I do see a question: Where is Jose o Otman? <laughs> Jose Jose Otman. Uh, has been traveling a lot the last couple of days. He got in very late last night. He's taking care of some business on his end. Uh, he should be on this evening. But uh, Joe is doing great. So thank you for asking. Uh, but we'll jump in, guys. Uh, so SCOTUS, SCOTUS is back in session. And 
in line with the earlier months of the year, they have a lot of controversial stuff uh, on the docket coming up. So some of the most uh, important upcoming cases focus on the future of affirmative action, equal treatment of LGBTQ people, and the control of election laws. The course will hear cases in the fall and then likely issue rulings in spring 2023. Um, this uh, writer says, as a close observer of the court, I think this term's rulings will continue to reject the court's previous liberal decisions and instead reflect a conservative interpretation of the historical meaning of the Constitution. At least three of those upcoming rulings are likely to profoundly influence people's everyday lives in the United States. Uh, yeah, I agree. And... Uh, uh, again, when they say reflect a conservative interpretation of the United States, the historical meaning of the of the uh, Constitution, forgive me. Uh, that's pretty much all that you know. A lot of uh, conservatives has been have been asking for, and it's in fact the uh, a trend that I think could have stopped a lot of the momentum that we've seen regarding the absolute decay of our society. I mean, when I don't know what what does it sound like to you when they say the focus of affirmative action, equal treatment of LGBTQ people, and control of election laws? I mean, if this swings the right way, this could very easily completely change the the uh, direction and the pressure from uh, from upstairs of our local governments, uh, specifically actually having the states have control over their elections, uh, equal protection of LGBTQ people. That's been a completely bastardized and twisted upside down, uh, you know, kind of language uh, trick where they really say that they want to be uh, special citizens and they want to be able to uh, disrupt society in ways that, uh, you know, would straight people engage in the same behavior. Uh, they would not uh, be treated very nicely. And uh, affirmative action, again, one of those nice little liberal uh, directives which effectively uh, has allowed the uh, practices of racist policies going into colleges and I, I believe has actually destroyed a lot of uh, particularly lower income communities and uh, going into these universities where they essentially get treated as uh, cash cows and then they get discarded. Yeah. Well, and I, I think we need to take a step back because a lot of what we're seeing here in this article and in the broader narrative around, you know, SCOTUS being back in session is narrative. They are playing off of the the last time the court was in session and they made the decision to return the power over abortion rights to the states. They are saying that that is, you know, horribly unprecedented, that the court is being political, that they're stripping women of rights, and they're applying that same kind of manufactured outrage to affirmative action, to LGBTQ. They're trying to paint this court as this, you know, radical conservative majority. The decision on Roe versus Wade was warranted, and this court is the first one that's had the courage to take it up, right? There are um, even even uh, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, had issues with the way that Roe versus Wade, the precedent that was set there and the way it was litigated, and it was legally flawed. The argument was legally flawed. They didn't strip women of their rights. They rightfully took up a case and returned that to the states. So they're painting the same narrative here over what the court is doing, and they're going to cherry pick the cases that they spotlight media to support that narrative, but this this uh, session of the of the Supreme Court 
is going to be very interesting. They are, uh, you know, going to be looking at big tech. They're going to be looking at, you know, some 230 protections. They're going to be doing things, uh, you know, outside of the, the cases that have to do with immutable characteristics. They're going to be looking at things that, that really impact the lives of Americans. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms and competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country. Very well said. Very, very well said. Um, and actually, I find it funny that that's really the the point that even if you read between the lines, because a lot of, a lot of the time they won't say it outright, but that's really what a lot of these liberal wackadoos have been freaking out about. Is you know you talk about this uh, this trend now with this court finally of sending back uh, the power to the states. Uh, I find it really fascinating when they they love when that happens when it suits them. But then every other instance, it's it's a you know it's a crime against humanity that the federal government doesn't get to tell you, uh, you know what to do with your body, quote unquote. Like if you're you know they've been talking a lot about these the transgender surgeries now for minors, which they previously were claiming never happened. It was a complete uh, conspiracy theory and a, another big lie by the by the conservatives. And now you see these articles saying that. Uh, no one has any right to tell you what to do with your body unless, you know, uh, you know, when it's a minor and you're doing transgender surgeries. That should be between you and the patient, right? Well, it works. They're trying to criminalize doctors who speak out about um, I don't. I don't think we pulled that story this morning because I think we were going to do a deeper dive on that, that whole issue later in the week. But it's not just you know, these these surgeries aren't happening or they are happening. We have Planned Parenthood issuing advertisements for puberty blockers saying it's like hitting, it's just like a stop sign on puberty while you figure it out. It's a lie from the pit of hell, but they say it. And the entire establishment is really attacking our kids on, on all fronts. But at the same time that they're shamelessly and um, overtly going after our kids, they're criminalizing, attempting to criminalize anybody who speaks out about it and, uh, you know, tries to stand in the gap for these kids who's, you know, 
parents who are taking their their underage children to get top and bottom surgery, it's it, someone's got to stand in the gap for those kids. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's I think a really perfect way to uh, to use the term "stand in the gap." Because um, I mean, you know, if uh, if the parents aren't going to do it, then someone at least needs to speak out. And I truly pray for the parents who are either going along knowingly with this agenda, or who I guess just don't have the don't have the ability to see what's going on and what's being done to these kids. Don't have a moral compass to know that that's right or wrong. Or maybe just don't have the courage to object in any way, but I, I really do pray for them, and I think that they're going to have a they're going to have a very hard come to terms. Um, yeah. But oh, if I could just fo- just, just uh, opine on that a little bit because I think that it's exactly Paula. That's exactly the right response. Is that we need to pray for the parents, we need to pray for the kids, we need to pray for the doctors, we need to pray for the administrators who are allowing this to happen. You know, I this is a, a little bit of an aside. But I went to um, Bethany Grobner's the, the Build Back, Back Biblical event last weekend. We had, uh, she'd come on the show and promoted the event. And Officer Tatum was speaking at that event, and he, ta- he told a story of how when he was a younger man, he, 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 you know, he got a, a woman pregnant, and she said, we're going to go to a doctor's appointment. And when they got there, she um, said, actually, I'm getting an abortion. And he felt paralyzed. Of course, men have no rights when it comes to this. And he stood outside and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And she came out and said, I couldn't do it. And his child is now 12 years old. And the prayer is the most powerful weapon that we have. This is a spiritual battle. And the way that we can ask God and ask the Holy Spirit to impact this spiritual battle is through prayer. So Praying for people that, I mean, that we think are vile, that are disgusting, that are doing things that are horrible, it is absolutely the right response to pray for them, and I just wanted to focus on that for a sec. Yeah, thank you, and actually, I I 100% agree with you, and I had a similar experience in my my own life uh, very recently, and I'm not going to go into any more detail about uh, this situation, but someone very close to me, um, you know, that I know, was uh, contemplating having an abortion because uh, they, uh, you know, they've had a, a difficult few years and um, were feeling really overwhelmed with being able to take care of the children. Um, it's a pair of twins, and uh, they were actually at the clinic. And I, I mean, I was talking to several people. There, there was probably 50, 60, maybe more people praying. Um, I was just tr- constantly trying to comfort. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was a it was a difficult morning, and um, you know, praise God, those prayers worked, and I think uh, I think you know God came down and uh, and guided them a little bit, and uh, you know, soothed their heart, and uh, didn't go through with it. So that's a you know, those are lives saved, and I really do think that prayers do work. Um, so thank you for all of those of you who uh, who did pray on that day. Um, but let's uh, we've got a lot more to talk about, so. In other news, uh, this is from NBC, uh, the Peacock, uh, I guess that's the cousin of the Mockingbird Media. Uh, Supreme Court rejects Trump ally Mike Lindell's appeal in 2020 election lawsuit. I love how everyone who's bad is a Trump ally. Uh, but, of course, uh, my pillow CEO is fighting a defamation suit against Dominion filed over his 
Election conspiracy theories. Man, I have heard that term used too much in the last year, two years. Uh, the Supreme Court Monday rejected Mike Lindell's bid to fend off a defamation suit uh, by voting company Dominion Voting Systems. Uh, they filed this over his far-fetched claims about the 2020 presidential election. The justice's decision not to hear the case means a federal judge's ruling in August 21 that allowed the lawsuit to move forward remains in place. And, of course, they remind you that Lindell, a prominent TV salesman for the pillows his company makes, is an outspoken supporter of former President Donald Trump. Uh, so it's actually, it is, you know, rightful current President Donald Trump. Let's just remember to be clear about that. Um, but Dominion sued Lindell and MyPillow. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Let me, let me. So the crux here of this case is that, you know, Mike is being sued for defamation by Dominion. He's uh, been fighting that. A federal judge uh, said that the case, he's been fighting to get the case thrown out. A federal judge said that the case can continue. He appealed up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court declined to take his appeal. And so this case will continue. Uh, they they will be able to sue Mike Lindell for defamation, which means that Mike Lindell should be able to prove that his claims are not baseless, that they're not fraudulent, and they should be able to show evidence, right, of of his claims in court. So while Stortis is not throwing out the defamation suit, this could potentially be a way that we get our, you know, we, we finally get the evidence of election fraud heard in court because as as you know apollo none of the cases that have gone that have you know been been thrown out they've been thrown out on standing they've been thrown out on procedural grounds they've been thrown out on statute of limitations 35 days kind of stuff none of them have looked at the evidence of election manipulation by electronic voting equipment including that of dominion none of the courts have looked at the evidence this is potentially a way that we can that we can actually get that evidence into court yeah, yeah, and just to be clear, uh, that exactly um, none of the cases that they've claimed have been uh, have been you know supposedly debunked, refuted, that they've lost in court. Completely untrue. Almost every single one of them was dismissed on standing. If you've been a listener of this audience for a while, then uh, you know that already. And the only cases that are still going, there's there are some in Michigan. Uh, there there are several in uh, in in a few states, although they did just. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, dismiss um, dis dismiss the one in Arizona, but th th everything about it is the big lie. And in this uh, in this article, they continue and say that uh, Dominion sued Lindell and My Pillow in February 21, claiming 1.3 billion in damages, alleging he purposely pushed the big lie. This is still what they call the big lie that Trump won the 2020 election. Lindell repeatedly echoed. Baseless. I need to take this image down so you can see my quotes. Baseless claims that Dominion's machines manipulated vote counts to ensure Biden defeated Trump. The claims have been widely debunked. Uh, it's just unbelievable lies. <laughs> uh, and I, I love that. It, I, it's, it's, it's pathetic. That, the claims are baseless, that they're fraudulent, yeah. that they're outlandish, that they're unfounded, but they haven't actually debunked any of them they haven't actually looked at the evidence nobody will talk about the front loading of votes that we see in the data nobody will talk about edison zero nobody will talk about what actually happened right i mean they say the water main break was debunked it's on camera but they kicked out the media they kicked out 
the observers, they, they, they claimed there was a water main break when there was a leaking toilet. This, of course, is in Georgia. And they just walk around and say it's debunked, it's debunked, it's debunked. Uh, they, they've never actually debunked anything. No, and we discussed this with uh, Jeff Lemberg with, uh, when we've had CanCon on. He'll be on again tomorrow morning as well. Uh, but they haven't debunked a single thing. In fact, they, com- they, they will go into some of, these, uh, some of these hearings and some of these cases, some of these expert reports, and it consistently says exactly the opposite of what they claim in the media, which is safe and secure, no one can hack the voting systems, no one can, they're not connected to the Internet, uh, everything matched, no big deal. Human error, uh, you know, vote drift, expertise drift, time well, drift, like, you know. Yeah, and, and back to the water main, to go back to the water main break, the way that they say that that's debunked, the way that they've explained it away, is to say that it was legal vote counting. It was legal <laughs> vote counting that was pulled in suitcases from under a table after they kicked out the media and kicked out the observers. They were legally counting votes. We watched them run those stacks of ballots through tabulators multiple times, and they just say, oh, that was legal vote counting. It's been debunked. Right? And this is, I mean, we're talking about Georgia. If we're talking about the water main break, that's the same, the same Georgia where uh, Halderman's report brought to the EAC, uh, the, the nine election vulnerabilities, and then they said, oh, yeah, we, we, we've got them, we fixed them. But they didn't look at anything else. And this is the EAC who certified the voting system testing lab that certified those machines with those nine vulnerabilities. They're never held accountable. They never have to answer for it. They just say debunk, 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 and, and move on. And hopefully we'll be able to get this evidence into court one day, and the truth will come out. Well, and then you have the the uh, release that CanCon did, uh, was it on Friday, uh, discussing the fact that this erroneous code that was in the report, and then, oops, it was everywhere. I mean, who gets held accountable for that? Where's the investigation yep. of that? They, they'll investigate Jeff Lindbergh. They'll investigate all these people. They'll throw subpoenas. So they, you know, they raid them. But I'm going to really quickly do an ad read. Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you're in a rural area, it's hard to reach. Or if you like to hike, or you, you frankly, you spend a lot of time on the road. Health insurance won't always cover you at the cost of an American, or excuse me, an emergency medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. But with Air Medicare Network, you're covered for as little as eighty-five dollars a year. Your whole household be covered. There are no deductibles in case you ever need to be air medically transported. There's also a secondary one that if you are in a different state, they can fly you back uh, to the state so you don't have a, as heavy a burden on your family getting to you. So if you use promo code daily um, and you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you'll receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I've been a member for the last year and a half. So go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Yeah, for the audience, that's the, the anomaly that was found in Williamson, Tennessee, caused, caused the, that uh, jurisdiction in Tennessee to not use machines any longer. And they said it was an isolated incident just a, a single anomaly in this one jurisdiction in Tennessee. And as CanCon reported last week, they found that same exact issue in 97% of Georgia voting machines so in count, uh, counties. Yep, the whole state. The whole state. Um, okay, so just remember, guys, according to uh, CBS News, um, the claims have been widely debunked, and... Uh, Lindell knew his claims were false, according to Dominion. But I love that they put in here, Lindell's lawyers say he genuinely believes them. Because, you know, he's just a stupid pillow guy, right? 
More than half the country believes that the 2020 election was illegitimate, that the outcome was manipulated, and that this regime is fraudulent. More than half the country. So they can say, oh, he's just a silly pillow guy. Oh, he's just Trump ally. Oh, these are baseless, fraudulent, no good, very bad claims. They have a real problem with public trust in our elections and public sentiment towards them. And, and the media has this problem as well, right? I mean, you can always tell what kind of bias you're dealing with when you look at the adjectives. It, it, the majority of mainstream media will not talk about the election without putting fraud uh, or uh, um, uh, unfounded, baseless, you know, with those kind of adjectives in front of the words because they're showing you their bias. It's overt now. They used to hide it. They don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and keep in mind, there was just a... Uh, we didn't uh, pull much in on this because... Uh, we were looking at a lot of other things, and we're probably going to uh, segment this later in the week. But uh, they had this uh, this Democrat congressman Myers, uh, Michael Myers, and he he was sentenced for sentenced for voter fraud schemes for like several election cycles. Multiple like, election cycles, going up to I think the last one they quoted was 2018. Of course, they didn't mention 2020, um, <laughs> but it's I mean it's basically 2,000 mules kind of stuff, right? Ballot box stuffing, it's ballot trafficking, ballot harvesting. Uh, former congressman who has been doing this on behalf of Democrats for multiple election cycles, and his name is Michael Myers, which is just poetic. I know. The, uh, I have to make a meme on this guy. Like we need a Michael Myers you know trafficking ballots meme or something or like popping out of the sure. out of the mailbox um so well, I mean it's halloween, right <laughs> it is it is halloween god what what a <laughs> such synchronicity um all right well there's a uh, more more uh, possible good news uh pertaining to the first amendment but the supreme court also staying on the supreme court and the uh, war path that SCOTUS might have with, you know, corrupt laws and, uh, you know, New World Order agendas that seem to have creeped into our Department of Justice and legal system. They have agreed to hear a case challenging Big Tech Section 230 legal protections. Um, this, of course, has gotten a lot of news after uh, Trump has sued all these big tech platforms uh, claiming First Amendment violations and the fact that uh, they're, you know, suppressing his speech, particularly as the head of the GOP. Uh, so there's a lot involved here. We've spoken some about this in the past, but uh, they agreed Monday to take up a case that challenges legal protection for big tech companies over user-generated content that could usher in a new era of moderating freedom of expression on the Internet. The case Ronaldo Gonzalez et al. versus Google LLC would be heard whether tech companies make target recommendations. They reported in Axios... That the case alleges YouTube aided and abetted the death of Noemi Gonzalez, a 23-year-old American woman who was killed in 2015 ISIS attacks in Paris along with 130 others and injured more than 100. The family of Gonzalez sued Google, parent company of YouTube, arguing that their algorithms allowed and recommended terrorist-related content from ISIS to target users with hundreds of radicalizing videos, inciting violence, and recruiting potential supporters. Google claims uh, the Google argued the claims were barred under Section 230 and has since moved to dismiss the lawsuit. Uh, again, I find it. So this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this is this is an interesting case. It is. The 
the you know this is kind of why 230 was put in place in the first place right is can can platforms and we're talking about YouTube in this case. Can platforms be held accountable from action that comes from user-generated content? And this is a very, as you said, interesting First Amendment case. If this, uh, this, this is decided that Google is liable, um, this fundamentally changes the, the way that we interact with the Internet. And uh, so, so I, this is a 230 case, but it's not a platform versus publisher case. This isn't about censorship. This isn't about, uh, you know, deciding what kind of content can be on your platform and, and censoring other content. This is specific to can, can Google be held liable for, um, what, for, for what, you know, people do when they see content. Mm-hmm. And it is an, it, it is actually a rather interesting case. Um, I mean, the well, actually, I'll just go to Justin Amash's tweet because it kind of summarizes a few of my thoughts. On one hand, um, so the article continues: the law has seen criticism from Democrats and Republicans, arguing it grants too much power to social media companies and says it favors one party over the other concerning censoring or bolstering content. Justin Amash, a uh, former Libertarian U.S. Congressman, said regime regime Republican and Democrats want to destroy Section 230 because it protects freedom of speech. Dismantling Section 230 will lead to more censorship that challenges their authority, giving those in power more influence and control over public discourse. And there was actually some... Uh, I remember some debates were going on about this because, uh, if I remember right, they, they actually were saying this when they were looking to pass this, is that Congress kind of wanted to pressure... Um, they were looking to pressure some of the social media companies to actually, you know, monitor speech because they didn't really have the power to do it. So this is kind of an interesting right. little uh, intersection of, uh, you know, I guess protected speech and then what we can in our minds say, okay, well, some of the speech might not be good. Obviously, we don't want ISIS training videos, which is how this article is, is kind of framing the entire thing. Uh, but this, this could fundamentally change uh, a lot of things about... Uh, about social media, how they operate, about content moderation, all kinds of things. This could be a really, really big deal. I, I, I absolutely think it will be. And look, no question that Section 234 There's, There's no question that we need to uh, limit... I mean, I think they need to determine platform or publisher, right? I think that that's, that's really the fundamental uh, decision that we need to go through when we're talking about Section 230. But this is not that. This is holding platforms accountable for, uh, for actions that, you know, people that see content on their platform take. That is, that is a dangerous, dangerous precedent to set, and that is the fundamental and original intent of Section 230 is to protect against that. Now, these technology companies have exploited those protections, and they've used those protections to censor Americans, but I don't know that we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that if, uh, I mean, what's, you know, when you talk slippery slope, then what's to say that, you know, you we publish something on daily and you know some wacko takes it the wrong way and does something and we can be held liable that's not something we want 
Well, and it, uh, I, I, again, I find the the Mockingbird Media's, uh, you know, slant interesting because, again, it's a double standard. The, they'll uh, Big tech will run uh, one direction in a situation like this and, you know, try to maintain the fact that they're not liable for X, Y, and Z. But meanwhile, these, uh, you know, these... Uh, deep state little Democrat lizard people and the rhinos who you know who just hide under under sheep's clothing. Uh, when it comes to Second Amendment, when it comes to gun stuff, they're all hot in a biscuit to uh, you know to start banning uh, guns and you know hold gun manufacturers liable. Uh, yeah, but again, this is the when you have a two tier justice system and everything becomes so politicized. Then uh, you know the the law. It's the same thing. There's a you know law for thee and not for me. Yeah, and to the audience, we're definitely going to need a meme of Apollo hot in a biscuit. Hot, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> 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 I, kind of, I I I just I, no, I said it. I wanted, what was yeah. I just thinking? I thought there was something else in my mind. That I was <laughs> yeah, definitely. This Supreme Court uh, session is is. You know, gonna gonna yield a lot of public outrage, a lot of cases to watch, and we're gonna be definitely watching them. But um, I want to move on, if we can, to, uh, to the <laughs> debate on a, on election fraud because this is this is pretty pretty stunning stuff. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna like this segment. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I know this might shock you. We've talked a little bit about election uh, fraud, about the claims that, you know, the election is so safe and secure and they haven't addressed any of the evidence and everyone actually knows, including the majority of the American people, that something's wrong and that they don't trust the election systems, they don't trust the election results, they don't trust the candidates, they don't trust uh, Biden and all these other idiots. Uh, but well, let's just go through some mainstream media articles. ABC News some leading Democrats won't debate their election-denying opponents. <laughs> Candidates in Arizona and elsewhere say, I love this, this language, say they want to avoid combative spectacles. Avoid combative spectacles. Democrats in key swing well, states. <laughs> yeah, ahead. I mean, this goes back to the Supreme Court that we were just talking about, right? They yep. can't debate the fraud. They can't address the evidence. So they're just going to not debate. And this article, we're talking not Arizona, but the biggest the biggest one here is Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is the sitting Secretary of State of the state of Arizona. She's running for governor. She oversees her own election, right? Uh, and there's been overwhelming claims of fraud in Arizona. We've seen evidence of fraud in Arizona. They like to say that the Arizona audit, the Maricopa audit, didn't yield any um, evidence and that Joe Biden got 99 more votes or some something like that. But that's not what the report said. The report called way more than the margin of votes into um, question. Katie Hobbs, if she really believes what she's saying, she should want to uh, to debate Katie, uh, uh, Carrie Lake all day long, but they won't because they cannot address it. They don't have an argument except debunk, debunk, debunk. And when you're in a debate, debunk, 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 especially with someone as articulate as Carrie Lake is not going to work. Well, and again, I want everyone to realize the statement that the secretary of state will not debate a candidate over claims of election fraud is massive 
that in and of itself is massive because you you made that point earlier and i just want everyone to realize how big that is that it's not a small thing there's definitely some like even if you knew nothing about this when the secretary of state goes ah no mm, nope i'm out uh and won't even and remember carrie lake said i'll give you the venue i'll give you the time you can write the talking points everything she gave her you know the full court and she still won't she still won't talk to her that's uh yep. it raises more than a few red flags uh, and I love, again, her language. She says, uh, this is uh, Carrie, the biggest problem while not debating is not who gains electoral advantage, but what is the public and the press not able to know as a result of that decision? One would hope candidates would perceive the advantage to the election process, electoral process, in deciding the debate, even if they find their opposing candidate unworthy of exchange. Uh, Jamison said, adding, if you think you are incapable of presenting yourself well in a, in a debate, you're less likely to agree to, one, whether you are ahead or behind in the polls. That doesn't mean that we should absolve candidates of the responsibility to debate. And the articles continue. Um, well, actually, we're going to go on to uh, <laughs> CNN admits yeah, black Americans leaving Dems. Yeah. Could get <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so I mean the 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 person speaking there is uh, is analyzing this the situation and, and basically calling out Hobbs, right? If you yeah. think you're incapable of presenting yourself well in a debate, you're less likely to agree to one. And who do we see not agreeing to a debate? We see the Democrat candidates because they can't debate it, because they have no argument, and all they can do is run around to friendly media and say debunk, debunk, debunk. Once it comes down to the people watching you make your argument as a candidate for governor, as a candidate for the chief executive in that state, they'll know. They'll know you're, you're, you're full of it, Katie Hobbs, and that's why she won't debate Carrie Lake. And it's not just uh, the Arizona gubernatorial debate. This is happening uh, in Michigan as well. This is happening all over that they're just saying, oh, we're not going to debate. The idea that a candidate for high, for, for high office, the governor is high office, the chief executive of the state, the idea that a candidate would not debate because they don't want it to become a spectacle. That's just, the whole point I of mean, debate. That, that says That's like half the entire point. They, they'll say that it's not about spectacles. Has anyone seen any of the debates for any of the higher offices in the in the last few years? I mean, good Lord. Um, the American people deserve to hear it. The people of Arizona, the people of Michigan, the people of every great state in this nation deserve to assess the candidates up next to each other as they are debating the issues that those citizens, that those voters care about. For a candidate to back out of a debate is... I mean, unprecedented and egregious, and should lose them votes right off right off the bat because they're not brave enough to stand up and to defend their platform, to defend in Katie Hobbs's case, defend her record on the issues. Right, she is an incumbent uh, Secretary of State who has uh, done quite a lot of stuff in the state of Arizona, and she should be able to stand up. She should want to stand up and defend her record, but she doesn't. She wants to flee like a little coward, because she is one. Well, that's exactly what they are. They're cowards. And, you know, just uh, remember, they, they say pretty much outright. They're not even saying, oh, I don't want to debate her. She's nuts. She's a wacko. She's like, they're not even throwing around QAnon and all these things right now. They're just saying, I'm not, we're not debating them over this election stuff. Almost every statement that they say betrays that fact. 
And again, what are you afraid of? In any, like, let's go back four, five, ten years, doesn't matter. Anyone, if they say they don't want to debate, I mean, it's just common sense. And even in your heart, even if you might like them, you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of weird. Why wouldn't they debate? It's, it was one of the big problems with Biden and how ridiculous it is that they want us to believe that he's the most popular president in history, that they're still running with this, uh, this narrative, even if they don't put it front and center. 81 million votes. Guy stayed in his basement for, you know, for months on end. Uh, can't put two, you know, two words together. Um, and actually, I love in this article, too, the avoid combative spectacles of people attacking the election system without evidence. They keep saying without evidence, same brainwashing, suggesting their rivals are too far outside the mainstream to be worth engaging. Outside the mainstream. Carrie Lake is outside the mainstream. Are you out of your are you out of your mind? Every Define mainstream county, every county uh, in the state of Arizona, Carrie Lake won in the primary. She's too far every outside county. the mainstream. But she's outside the mainstream. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think we can get a, a sense of why they don't want to debate if we go to the next story before. Um <laughs> Because they're, they're deeply unpopular, right? CNN admits black Americans leaving a Democrat Party could, could give the Senate to the GOP. And uh, if you want to throw up B5 on Monday, CNN revealed that its polling showed a significant drop in support for Democrats among black voters. could cost Democrats the U.S. Senate. CNN senior reporter Harry Benson that blacks were the core part the Democrat Party, but slippage there may spell doom for some Democratic senatorial candidates. Look, quote, look, they're still getting 74% support in the pre-election polling right now, but compare that to the final polling for 2020 President and 2018 Congress. He stated in 2020 it was 84%, 85% in 2018, end quote. Meanwhile, black support for Republicans has risen 9% in 2018 and 2020 to 12% now. Among black adults, Joe Biden's approval rating was soaring at 87% between January and June of 2021, but now it has plunged to 64%. And remember, that's polling, which is always inflated for Democrats. Always, always manipulated. And anyone who thinks otherwise truly has not been paying attention. Uh, I mean, you don't really need any more evidence than that other, other than... Uh, you know, any polls related to Biden or the economy or, you know, the 2020 election, for instance. Or, in fact, for uh, some of the, from these midterms, for some some of these primaries that we've seen over the last several months. And, I mean, the, the, the fact remains that the Democrats had complete control of the federal government. Certainly they have complete control of the major cities in the United States. We can see the outcomes of their policies, their platform, their policies, and their results. The outcomes of those policies are deeply unpopular with the electorate broadly and certainly with black voters as well. And that's why they're, uh, that's, I mean, I would hypothesize that's one of the reasons they don't want to debate because they have to stand on that platform and they have to defend it. And they really can't. No, no. And, you know, again, uh, you know, you said about betraying the, or saying the part, quiet part out loud, just, CNN, number one, you have one of the pillars of the Mockingbird establishment admits black Americans are leaving the Dems. That was their whole ticket. That's their whole golden goose. That's like, I mean, that's why you've seen all this weird uh, narrative shifting because they keep trying to appeal to some of these 
to some of these minority groups and to you know certain portions of uh, of you know young Americans because they know that they they will not ever win uh, the public opinion in you know in in uh, the majority of like middle-aged Americans and older who have seen what's gone on over the last few years they're they're appealing to these black uh, and minority groups because number one they know they they can cheat and number one it's been their their magic you know rabbit out of the hat trick for years for decades to inflame all this race stuff and then you know they they pull them over and give them free incentives it's like the same trick and now all of a sudden it's not working and now it appears that they're even publicly starting to panic it's actually pretty funny if you get past all the harm well, that's, that's been done to the country that's exactly it is that it's not working anymore right i mean we just saw them all in say that they're going to distribute hurricane relief and then they all had to walk it back. No, 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 we didn't mean that. But then the president went to Puerto Rico before he went to Florida, right? And announced in a $60 million in, $60 million in funding for Puerto Rico's energy grid after the $2 million, in, $2 billion, sorry, with a B, billion dollars allocated in the infrastructure bill after the $9.5 billion with a B dollars from FEMA that Puerto Rico has gotten. And maybe tomorrow on Wednesday he'll get around to visiting Florida. We're seeing their policies. They believe that immutable characteristics are a winning issue for them. And this story, it, you know, it, it kind of turns that on its head because it turns out that whether the voters are black or Hispanic or Asian or white or Native American or any other, uh, you know, have any other, whether they're gay or straight or, or any other immutable, immutable characteristics, they actually care about whether or not they can afford gas. They care about whether they can feed their kids. They care about the fact that their dollar has diluted, you know, over 20% and they can buy way less and they're not getting an increase in their wages. And all of that is, is a direct outcome of Biden administration policy. Remember, this is the guy who signed 17 executive orders on day one in office to, reserve, to reverse policies of the prior administration that were helping Americans, the, the helping Americans of all walks of life, of all characteristics, of all demographics. Democrats are learning now that, you know, calling everyone racist and saying, hey, we're going to help you because you're a certain color, it's only going to go so far when people can't feed their kids. And um, I, I agree with you. I think it's great to watch that they're all freaking out that they're going to lose the support of the minority groups. I hope that we can all get together and take our government back and, and you know, fix, fix this economy. We don't need the government to fix the economy. We need the government to get out of the way and let the American people fix the economy. That's what worked last time. That's what will work this time. Exactly. Well, and what you said about uh, all of a sudden people realizing that maybe uh, this isn't the right path for the country when all of a sudden they can't afford uh, gas and everything, uh, and it has woken a lot of people up, but, I mean, really what we've seen is they're doing these same tricks, and they're just ripping off the public. They keep inflaming these these racial and intersectional issues, uh, you know, to divide people and garner votes by calling the other people bad people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but in, in a big way, we're just finally seeing a, a kind of culmination of a lot of these, uh, these policies evident in how bad everything has gotten. And... Uh, you know, it's easy to con it's easy to uh, convince people that uh, things could be so bad, and the other the other people are doing things wrong, 
and especially some of these uh, some of these groups that they appeal to. Uh, like, you know, I'll just use some of the millennial Gen Z people. Oh, well, we'll pay for your college. Well, you, you poorer kids, uh, we'll pay all your debt. We'll do all this. We'll give away all this free money. And it's easy when, you know, especially when you're targeting people who maybe haven't made the best decisions or who haven't been uh, working to make their lives, uh, you know, competitive in a competitive world because that is, in fact, one of the underpinnings of uh, a free market capitalism is competition. And it's, you know, you do better, you do right by your customers, you become more skilled, you become more valuable as an individual, then you have individual competitiveness, and that can then trickle up to your business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, once all of a sudden the competition starts to go away and these people realize that the free lunch wasn't so free, and maybe that the uh, communist utopia that they have been, uh, you know, pining for, for, you know, the first 30 years of their life, isn't exactly what it looks like like or what they were told and argued that it wasn't you know in rather vivid comparisons to venezuela which are looking more and more accurate uh suddenly maybe they realize that they don't want to vote democrat and i think it's really that simple um yeah i mentioned that um i mentioned that biden was in puerto rico yesterday he was announcing a new uh an additional 60 million dollars in aid for their electrical grid he showed up uh, on the scene in Puerto Rico looking incredibly presidential. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep him, let's remember, guys, tell me if this is the most presidential guy you've ever seen. Buenas tardes. Good afternoon. I'm going to play the beginning again. Just listen. I turned up the audio a little bit. He has no idea where he is. I think it's here somewhere. <laughs> this guy is embarrassing. Yeah, so, so he's he's out. He's given a he's he's given. I mean, it's a photo op. This is this is this is campaign kind of activity. But um, you know how whenever it suits Kamala Harris, she's either black. Because she's Jamaican, or she's Asian, because she's Indian. Oh yeah. Well, apparently Joe Biden is is sort of Puerto Rican, um, according according uh, to to his comments. Let's let's play C two. Have a very, in relative terms, large Puerto Rican population in Delaware, relative to our population. We have the eighth largest Black population in the country, and between all minorities we have 20 percent of our state is minority and so i uh i uh was sort of raised uh in the puerto rican community at home politically oh you see this guy see this guy number one <laughs> bullshit guy <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well they, maybe their new platform is build puerto rico back better i don't know they did really well with build ukraine back better uh so well, who knows maybe we'll see that slogan in in the past in the past few months so we're really building them back better and and kjp actually during the press conference yesterday talked about building back puerto rico better and look the 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 community of puerto rico has been devastated by hurricanes they had hurricane uh maria in 2017 that they still haven't fully recovered from they had hurricane fiona just last month and they definitely need help and support this is not to diminish any of the 
Puerto Rican community whatsoever, and we really hope that they are able to get their grid stabilized and that they're able to, you know, prevent such catastrophic damage um, for major storms by strengthening uh, their infrastructure and their community. But the president is a moron. <laughs> and, that was very kind uh, of you. The fact that he can go around saying, I'm sort of Puerto Rican. I was sort of raised in a Puerto Rican community because there's a lot of people in Delaware relative terms there's a large puerto rican population in his home state of delaware so i'm sort of raised in the puerto rican community he said it was sort of black too was he raised in the black community as well this is the immutable immutable characteristic crap that they're using for political purposes because they are racist right i mean he is he is one of the most racist presidents that we've had certainly uh up there with woodrow wilson and um he gets away with it because he's a Democrat. Frustrating. Yeah, and again, I love, uh, also, you know, in relative I mean, terms, there was a large Puerto Rican population in Delaware. Yeah, so let's let's go to the next one because he's not just um, you know talking about his Puerto Rican roots. He's also sort of maybe talking about his satanic roots. Uh, yeah, C4. he says uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Biden's tweet. My dad used to say, <laughs> "Joey, don't compare me to the Almighty." Compare me to the alternative, and here's the <laughs> and here's the deal: Democrats want to codify Roe, uh, Roe. Republicans want a national ban on abortion. The choice is clear. Yeah, the choice is clear: uh, kill babies or don't. It's, yeah, I mean that that that's the, the irony in that tweet is amazing. <laughs> um, don't don't compare me to the Almighty. Compare me to the alternative. The alternative to the Almighty is Satan. And then he says. We want to codify the murder of babies into law, and Republicans don't. Well, yeah, yeah, you're you're doing well in comparison. The choice um, is you're clear. You're living up to the standards of uh, of your Almighty Joe Biden. But he did um, he did have uh, an opportunity to hear the great name of Jesus this week. So if you go to C five. Following up on last week, uh, you know, Jackie Gate, Ghost Gate, where's Jackie? Um, Biden was apologizing to Congresswoman, the late Congresswoman Jackie Wolowski's family, uh, apologizing for, for looking for looking for her uh, at an event. Uh, she's sick. The late rep Jackie Wolowski's mother told President Biden that, Biden that her daughter is in heaven with Jesus. When he brought up his infamous Where's Jackie gaffe, the Post has learned. Biden apologized to the Indiana Republican family, including her 83-year-old mama. She said, well, Mr. President, we can tell you where Jackie is. She's in heaven with Jesus. Mic drop. Ah! (laughs) This is actual politics. (laughs) I honestly, Ash, can you tell me, like a few years ago, did you envision that we would um well i mean let's forget the fact that i didn't think i'd be on a podcast but uh that this these would be actual statements and headlines we would, we would have to be reporting on these things and witnessing uh this kind of nonsense from the supposed uh president of the united states like this is the kind of elementary special ed first grade damage control that they have to do for this guy well, it really does um, speak to the death of comedy in America because this <laughs> this uh, this administration is comedic gold. 
right? Everything that they do, they have to walk back. They have to trot out surrogates to constantly clarify what the president was saying, what he meant, why he did what he did, why is he walking around staring at the ground? Uh, you know, did he, oops, I crap my pants when he was at the Vatican, you know, the world may never know, but this, this is comedic gold and we don't see it, right? There's very few people who will touch it. There's still Saturday Night Live is still doing sketches on Trump. And so you we're living in it, what I call it, the name of my book, The Great American Gaslight. We're living in it. it, it it's, it's like watching two, you know, I've been reading I've been reading headlines from around the world, like all the, you know, the, the local papers of countries and regions all around the world in English. And there really are two realities going on and, uh, you know, Western media and the rest of the world. And it's incredible because, you know, I was brought up and wanted to become a journalist, went to journalism school because I believed in the, the free press idea of Western media. But we don't have that. We have uh, state propagandists who are in every outlet and they're all pushing the same narrative and they're all not talking about the same things and it's it's really quite sad but i think we need to uh we need to make every day fun friday because there's just so much and and we need to laugh and we need to hold these people accountable we need to have our righteous outrage and we definitely need to stand in the gap for for people who aren't quite there yet and certainly for the children but we also have to laugh at these people and mock them relentlessly amen and you know when you uh it does help i'll I'll tell everyone uh watching i know that many of you probably have the same feelings that we do looking at all this stuff and it just gets so heavy sometimes and uh and so tiring but if you do just refuse to let them steal your joy uh and you know you just kind of shake yourself for a second and realize that it really is funny how pathetic these people are uh it 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 is a big shift and it really does help because that that's really what they want and it's exactly the same kind of fear propaganda that they want to push on all of us because they want us to be afraid it's what they did with 9-11 it's what they do with all these uh large events uh it's what they did with covid and uh, when we talk about the this Matthias Desmond interview, which I'm uh, I'm pulling some stuff together because it's it's really really uh, important. I think some of the things that he said. I talked about some of it on the interview with Scott and Vera uh, we aired, that we aired last night. Is uh, the whole point is for everyone to be so afraid, and they want you to be paralyzed in your critical thinking, and they want you to you know essentially feel trapped so that you accept whatever. Uh, avenue that they propose for you it's it's like a you're shocking a rat in a cage and then you're giving them uh you know a path to follow to get out and go to the you know find a little block of cheese and that's really what all they've been, they've been doing to us for you know for actually our entire lives well they want us to continue to take them seriously right that's that's the thing that i just can't i just do it anymore i i look at their their news stories and their segments and i you mean you can see the you can see the bias overtly you can see the narrative that they're pushing and you understand if you're informed you understand what they're not talking about yet they still think that they should be able to command the respect and integrity that the the news media once had they don't they don't have it they don't have my respect uh they have zero integrity they are propagandists for the state and they are actively working to enslave the American people and, frankly, the people of the world because this is a new world order 
that they're all collaborating to bring about. So they don't get to be taken seriously. They deserve to be relentlessly mocked. And I, I know we're out of time, so I'll, I'll end it there. <laughs> well, I want to, um, I'm going to just go through a few things because I want to play a clip. Uh, and because we mentioned that, you know, we have an obligation to get in the gap and there is a big group of people that we need to get in the gap for. And that is the Americans who are still being persecuted for uh, January 6th. Uh, in fact, uh, who was it? China. We're not going to go into this. Uh, into this, we we might get to it tonight. But they, uh, China came out. A mainstream uh, Chinese article or a newspaper came out and said that uh, the people of Italy should expect to see a J six type event because of you know the election of Maloney and all this propaganda. And uh, again, it's all a lie. And they're afraid of you know people actually having control over their nations and they are afraid of uh you know basically a populist resurgence in their in their nation like we've seen all over the world because uh, again they are losing so i'm just going to bring this up really quickly uh you know we continue to have show trials in america and it's disgusting that we have to witness that uh, but uh, we had Stuart rhodes on last week to talk about his upcoming trial they had jury selection so i'm just going to read a few things uh from this uh, this article. Uh, they had their uh, Nestler used opening arguments to preview how the Justice Department will res respond to defenses the Oath Keepers attorneys, attorneys are expected to put forward. Uh, they mention uh, their reason for being there in D.C. in addition to attacking Congress as the prosecutor. Uh, they may have been planning to attend the rally near the White House earlier in the day, but so did thousands of others. Uh, but they also reference potential attempts by the defense to argue the Oath Keepers were preparing to come to D.C. to serve as security, noting that the defendants were licensed, trained, or paid for their security work. Uh, so, again, we're getting into some legal jargon because they want to say, oh, well, if they were security, they committed some kind of crime. But, uh, again, that's not really the point. They've been claiming that they were there to, to commit an insurrection. We saw with the Proud Boys... Uh, whatever you may think about them, they were claiming that they had these elaborate plans to come in and, you know, commit an insurrection until finally a Zoom call, as one piece of evidence, was released uh, after being revealed that they had suppressed it knowingly for months and months, which showed the Oath Keepers themselves saying, no, we're not here to cause any harm, we're just here to keep people safe. And this is another aspect of their narrative that is just completely collapsing. All of it is completely c collapsing. The DOJ is being revealed as the uh, the demons of justice that they really are. Um, and then I love that they point out, uh, David Fisher, the attorney for Caldwell zeroed in on how the justice department is pointing to the so-called QRF, a military term for quick reaction force that Caldwell allegedly organized. He stressed the word reaction said QRFs are organized to respond to emergency situations, such as breaking glass, uh, in the event of an emergency. And, uh, Again, not one single solitary person they've interviewed said that QRF was meant to attack the U.S. Capitol, Fisher said. Uh, that's still a point. Like, now they're just trying to make all these ridiculous comparisons because they know they have no ground to stand on, and they're just trying to uh, maintain this narrative, which now they cannot let go of because if they do and they back off and say, okay, we were wrong, they did nothing wrong, we've been persecuting people, we've been putting them in jail, torturing them, uh, the one... Uh, the one uh, man, Ryan Samsel, is now, I believe, not able to speak to his wife or not able to speak uh, to the media. 
after an interview that he released detailing some of the absolute outright torture and abuse that he has been suffering, being denied medical care, beaten. It's it's disgusting. They can't let go of this because then they will have to admit, yeah, we're a bunch of communist uh, thugs. We're we're essentially brown shirts masquerading as uh, justice officials in supposedly the freest country on earth. Uh, and the the blowback from the American people would be, it would be harsh to say the least. It would be very very harsh. Just in terms of public opinion, they would out themselves as being disgusting, sellout traitors, enemies of the American people, the Constitution, and freedom and humanity. Yeah, and Apollo, the one thing I would add is that you know, to me, you, you said it right at the top. This is a show trial. There's no way that the January 6th defendants, whether it's Oath Keepers and Stuart Rhodes or any of the other defendants, can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. They've been, the, the, the jury pool is predominantly federal employees and their families. You have the, the narrative that has been battered onto that community since January 6th of 2021. There, there's just no way that there's a fair, impartial jury of Stuart Rhodes's peers, and so this is a show trial. Their 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 motion to to transfer jurisdiction outside of DC was denied. This is a show trial. It's a farce. Absolutely, very well said. I want to play. There's a very short clip. It's just over a minute long. It was from our interview with uh, Stuart Rhodes. And I just want to play it because a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that they've been saying in the same article they mention uh, in a very you know very nice soliloquy that Voidir has been honored. It's done its job. The jury pool is uh, you know is fair. No one has any bias. We tested them. No no one had any any bias or uh, prejudices towards the Oath Keepers or J Six. Which we know is a lie because they've had the entire media apparatus. We've had politicians, uh, celebrities come out. They've had full-on attack on the people who showed up at January 6th on the premise on the on uh, the rightful President Trump for uh, instigating an insurrection of the United States. They go into great detail about the terrified, crying senators who were trapped in what they thought was, you know, an, an unspeakable, unforeseeable. Uh, you know, assault on their lives that they were going to be, you know, hanged and murdered and all this nonsense. Uh, because again, that's the scary uh, type of image that they have. They they need you to hold in your mind, and uh, it serves several purposes. But I'm going to play the short clip, and then we're going to close out. Washington D.C. sued Oath Keepers and Proud Boys and Trump and Giuliani. So they, they've had their, you know, their mayor get up on, on, on television, their police chief on television, and relentlessly paint us as something we're not, and you know, falsely accuse us of being white supremacists and white nationals. That's an absolute lie. You know, falsely state that we led the attack on the on the Capitol when the Oath Keepers that did go inside didn't go inside until after Congress had recessed. So they, they, just, they, just, they just throw these lies out. The jury pool in D.C. is absolutely tainted. And, you know, of course, the J6 Select Committee hearings have helped with that. DOJ itself, you know, going on in 60 minutes and, and demonizing everybody at January 6th, calling it an insurrection. That de- that also demonized people. And then, then, you have, then you have by themselves getting up and saying that all the MAGA Republicans are semi-fascist and, you know, and everything else he said. So, yeah, you have an absolutely tainted jury pool. It's impossible to get a fair trial in D.C. You know, and the and and here's here's the other thing is that based on the jury system, you're only allowed a certain number of strikes. So they they load up the jury pool with ninety ninety eight percent 
Democrats oh, it comes that way. left. It, it, it comes that way. And so there's no way you can get through it. You strike one, you strike like another. Being tried, it'd be like being tried in, in uh, Putin's Russia right now or in China. And I think he said that pretty well. But just remember, they claim that the jury pool hasn't been tainted. J6 committee, show trial. Every single one of these trials uh, for these individuals, show trial. All the media coverage, media coverage uh, for all of this, show trials. The hearings uh, where they had these piece of garbage FBI uh, officials up on the stand where they had senators, where they had everyone giving uh, these little photo ops. It's been a show trial before the trials even started. Everything about it. What? D4 shows it, right? I mean, if you pull up D4, the judge judge went to great lengths to emphasize that the jury had no preconceived prejudices toward the Oath Keepers and the defendants specifically. He did so while explaining why he was denying a request from the defendants that the case be transferred to Virginia. Through statistics from the jury selection process that shed light on how the jurors have responded to questions meant to test their impartiality. None of them reported having strong feelings against January 6th that would affect their ability to be fair. While about half of the jurors said that they had heard of Oath Keepers before, none of them reported having strong feelings about Oath Keepers that would threaten the jurors' impartiality, nor had any jurors heard, heard of the specific defendants, according to Meta's account of their aunt on the jury questionnaire. Quote, what that means is voir dire has Vladimir. done and referring to the jury selection process. So he he knows that this is a real concern, and he's, you know, out there saying, oh, no, no, there's totally a impartial jury in Washington, D.C. that can that can uh, adjudicate January 6th. No way. Well, and again, why, why make a statement that specific and, you know, and at such length if he didn't know that, again that the American people may have a problem with this and that the optics were not good because you would have been engaging in a show trial. I mean, they, they brought in camera crews to the J6 committee in some of the hearings uh, a couple months ago. They, they got massive pushback for this. I mean, they're the literally engaging he, in a show trial. He needs to make The fact that he thinks he needs to go to such great lengths to make that statement is... Proof enough that the jury should be that the trial should be moved to Virginia or to outside of that jurisdiction. It is unbelievably biased to expect uh, and unreasonable to expect that they can have a fair trial in Washington D.C. Absolutely, Amen. Well, we're out of time. Um, I do want to make sure that uh, I remind you all that we have uh, the facts blast out today. You can go to conservative-daily.com for those of you who are members and those of you who have been sending. We sent thousands yesterday. Uh, we get a report every day, so thank you all of you for making your voice heard. Uh, but again, Congress is abandoning their duty as Biden gaslights on gas prices. Uh, we reported yesterday, yeah, Biden. On yeah. They lied yesterday. They came out. So yesterday during Blatantly. the press gaggle, KJP said, she said, Americans are paying far less at the pump. Same day. Los Angeles County in California posted record high gas prices. There are local news articles all over the nation quoting the same thing. Gas prices are going up, up, up. They're going to say that it's because of the hurricanes. It's not. It's because of their policies. It's affecting electrical prices. It's affecting natural gas prices as well. It's the Biden energy policy, and it's got to be reversed. Well, I mean, keep in mind, this is the same administration that went out, and I think Biden said, oh, the economy's doing great. We're heading in the right direction as stocks are just all, you know, all crashing. 
I mean, <laughs> like he's basically speaking about how well the economy is doing as the economy is tanking in real time. I'm going to put up this meme again because I, I think it's so accurate. Um, actual liar, selfie liar, of Biden. Liar, 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 liar. Oh God! We have to do this video. Yeah, Joe, if you're listening, we did a cover of your of your new raps on "Liar, Liar, Liar, Liar." A cover of Joe's new track. Yeah, we'll call that like Apollo and Ash cover Joe Altman as Nicki Minaj as Democrats are liars. It's the remix. We're doing the remix. <laughs> liar, liar, remix. Yeah, but just uh, go to conservative-daily.com. The letter to Congress is, uh, remember when, according to Energy Information Administration, the week Biden took office, national average price of gas was two thirty-eight a gallon. We remember, and believe me, we do. Yesterday, comrade KJP lied to reporters, can't just press conference, lied to reporters, and by extension of the American people, when she said the administration was taking every step to ensure markets are sufficiently supplied to meet demand for a growing global economy. Thank God you're f- focusing on meeting the demands of a global economy instead of, you know, Americans. Uh, thanks to our efforts, we've seen energy prices <laughs> decline. Lie! Sounds an awful lot like controlling the means of production. We're making sure, the Biden administration is making sure that markets are sufficiently supplied to meet demand. Is that their job? Oh, it does. It is their job because they actually control energy markets. Thanks, comrade. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, comrade. <laughs> I don't know what the... I need a comrade salute for her. Uh, again, her comments come on the same day gas prices reached record high in L.A. County, California, up in Illinois, up in Ohio, up in Idaho, Colorado, and Kentucky. Gas prices increased 15 cents in a week, according to AAA. If KJP, if comrade KJP speaks for the president and openly lies, does that mean it's the president's lie? That's a good. We're gonna we're gonna analyze the reflexive property of press conferences. Uh, does the truth mean anything to any of you anymore, or are you focused on keeping your phony baloney jobs that you've abandoned your oath? And we know you have abandoned them. You cannot gaslight the American people on gas prices because we pay them. You take your motorcades to your private jets and fly off to your next public appearance where you gaslight us on the economic pain that you're feeling. We're talking to you, Bill Gates, George Clooney, uh, Joe Biden, all you sick freaks. We see you. You're completely exposed as the phonies, the frauds, the liars that you are. We remember your oath even if you don't. So Biden's energy policy is largely based on executive orders, as are many other things in this administration. The Biden administration has taken over the energy industry with a stroke of a pen, and you've allowed it to happen. Reclaim your legislative authority, put restrictions on, uh, restrictions on executive order authorities, or you're just another comrade that will be held accountable. So you can choose for the motherland or for uh, Lady Liberty. That's uh, your decision. <laughs> well, and remember this. This administration took a victory lap when gas prices went down seven cents, right? And they were like, oh, my gosh, they're going down. We've seen the fastest decline of energy uh, prices in forever because of seven cents. They increased in one week in Kentucky 15 cents. It's a gaslight. They're lying to us as we can't afford to fill our cars. And all of our gas, because 
fact, it's us filling our cars, right? It's it's supplying the truckers, supplying the entire energy prices drive the entire economy, and this energy policy is creating this crisis. It's not hurricanes. It's not Putin. It's Biden. Yep. Oh, so let's. Uh, I have one more uh, super short clip to play. Uh, this, I believe, was actual footage of uh, Biden and the White House. Uh, along with KJP rushing to take credit for uh, a decrease in gas prices. There you have it. (laughs) There you have it, guys. Well, we're going to pray. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back tonight. It's good to laugh. Thanks, Ash. Father God, thank you. We, We do. We do. Father God, I thank you for... I thank you for the joy that we may continue to experience. I thank you for uh, bright minds and uh, brilliant souls like Ash, uh, like Joe, like so many others in this fight who are who are risking everything, who are sacrificing, and who are working tirelessly to expose this agenda, to expose the truth about the forces that continue to fight against the well-being of our country, who continue to target Americans, who continue to try to steal and to convince us to see one another as opposites, to see one another as enemies. And I thank you for this great awakening. I thank you for so many Americans who refuse to buy into it, who refuse to go along, even those who have been silent, those who may not have said anything, but those who refuse to participate. I thank them, and I want to bless all of them. I want to bless the parents who are going along with this, with this transgender ideology. I want to bless those who have been corrupted, who have been convinced to see the world through these horrid covered dark lens glasses that murdering babies is is a right, that free speech is an enemy if it is not yours. And I just want to, I want to beg you, Lord, just come into their hearts and, and shake them away from this grasp of evil. I pray for those children who are being affected by this. I pray for Americans who are struggling to pay for gas, who are struggling to feed their families, who have lost their jobs, who have lost family members to this agenda. And I want to say a special blessing on all the people of the world, whether they be in Italy, in Ukraine, in Russia, whether they're in Africa. People all over the world are suffering as a result of this dark administration. So I just ask for courage. I ask for Uh, your will and your wisdom like lightning to come down and inspire the hearts and minds of all of us. Let us face our enemy. Let us face that true evil. Let us pick up our stones. Let us know when to use them, but let us march together shoulder to shoulder and just continue to work towards that great vision, that great kingdom that you have waiting for us. I ask that this election may take place and we may be victorious, that the voice of the American people may be, may be heard, may be realized, may be recognized, that so many turn out that they cannot, uh, they cannot hide the results. They cannot cheat enough to win if all of us come together. And I pray that in these final months of the year that we can all head into the holiday, we can all remember the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord Jesus. We can remember to pick up our cross and to walk with it, to pick up our burden, and to do what is necessary, to do what we are called to do here. 
I pray that we do so urgently, but we remember that joy and we hold that joy in our hearts and we are continue we are continually able to love one another even through these dark times. I pray that KJP, I pray that she has a has a meeting with you. I pray that she realizes that she's on the wrong side of history. And I pray that all those who have seen the evil and know how it is done, that they have the courage to come forward. I pray that the, uh, the whistleblowers in the FBI have started a brush fire and that soon that it erupts into a roaring flame that will bring the truth forward at a faster rate than ever before. I pray these things humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. All right, guys. Whoops. Too soon. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys tonight. Ash, thank you as always uh, for joining me. Our beautiful audience, thank you. Make sure you go send your facts today. Uh, remember, if you're a member, it's free. Go back and send all the ones uh, from last week if you haven't done so as well. Uh, go to conservative-daily.com. You can become a member. And uh, stay in the fight, guys. We are on the cusp of victory. We just have a little further to march up the hill, so pick up your cross and carry it. We will see you tonight. God bless you all. God bless America. And uh, if you want to watch the Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.